ask somebody that is from the East Coast, how much experience do you have with Texas homecomings? <laughs> zero. And oh. zero until I got a client who makes mums. So zero. Yeah. It's my daughter is a freshman. And so we had our first experience this year. And it was eye opening. Like growing up, we didn't do the homecoming dance and the game. We did the football game, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my kids go to a private school, so their football team is, no offense to any of them that are watching or hearing, but they're, they're, they're not great. It's their first official year of being a full football team. So we'll just say that it's, it's, a, it's a growth year. And so none of the kids even wanted to go to the football game, but we still had to do the moms, which in Texas, they can be a little extreme. Uh, yeah. I've, I've it's, seen. Yeah. I mean, all of our California buyers are having um, some shock, I guess, at the enthusiasm put behind the mums, we'll say. I mean, some of them take up the girl's whole chest, like oh, I saw have a girl like have four a teddy bears and like all the things. They sound like cowbells going down the hall. Yes. Everything. And it's like it's some sort of grade, some like underlying grade, like how much the guy likes you about how much he spends on your mom. Right. And vice versa. But it isn't even just the boys that have to buy the mom for the girl. There's like a garter. Their parents also have to do the whole mom thing. So, so this was my first year in and she's a freshman. My other one is in sixth grade. So we had to do mini mum for her. I don't know if you believe this, but I'm not the craftiest mom on the block. It's just. You don't hang out at Michael's or Hoppy Lobby? I avoid both like the plague. Like <laughs> they, I feel like give me hives and I walk out with like four vases and some puff paint and I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to do with any of it. It's like, I'm, I'm just not, she is not me. Um, at this stage of my life, maybe someday I'll get there, but not right now. So I decided, okay, well, I'll call one of these mum moms and like just pay to have them made. They're like over a hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, they're not cheap for a bunch of ribbon that's stapled together. And I will say it was beautiful. They, they were very pretty, but it was not cheap. So not- had to buy one for the little one too. Smaller, more edited, not as wild. But then the real debacle to homecoming comes for girls shopping for a dress. These girls are like 14 to 18, and these dress companies have them looking like hoochies. Which leads me to another drama that stemmed from the homecoming thing is because I said that on TikTok. Like, I made a TikTok about the fact that my daughter decided after I had spent about $700 on the whole experience that she wasn't going to stay at the dance very long. And I'm like, well, where are you going? And she was like, oh, no, I would just, you know, we get dressed up and then we kind of like leave. Like, you're 14. Where are you going to go? But in this TikTok, I said something to the effect of how... Um, These dress companies have our kids looking like little hoochies because the dresses, like, you could not raise your arms in these dresses without everything, like, hanging out the bottom. Or vice versa, you know, they're up to here, but, like, super short, or they're a little bit more tasteful, but, you know, you've got a cutout showing half the underboob and 
like all the cleavage. It's like basically covering nipples. Yeah. And I'm like. The dress trends now are insane to me. Insane. Like, and we always wore long dresses. Like We did ga- too. Like gowns. Like that. Yeah. Not princess, but like gown. Like they were long, like to the right. floor. You couldn't even see my ankles. Yeah. And they were like up to the neck. A lot of them. I mean, they may, we may have shown some back skin. Like, but yeah, it I mean, wasn't we couldn't like. not do like spaghetti straps or anything. No. And so I posted that on TikTok. Well, little did I know that hoochie shaming is a thing. And that I got so many comments about how I was hoochie shaming. So I had to do a second. So are you like not promoting your child to be a hoochie? Like you want your 14-year-old to be sleeping around? Is that what they're? Well, I don't know. It's like I was, I was bashing people who choose to dress like that. So I had to do a follow-up video on TikTok to address this and reassure people that I believe in your right to be a hoochie. Like, if yeah, that's what you want to be dress when you, you grow dress, up, like, you do that. She's 14. She lives in my house. And until she lives in my house, there's certain boundaries. Yeah. And, like, I didn't think that was too out of bounds. No, I feel like when I was living under my mom's roof and we went dress shopping, my mom would be like, Nope, nope, nope. You can look at these four. Like, I mean, right. that doesn't mean that you're hoochie shaming or telling someone that they can't wear the, what they want to wear. I think that as adults, sure, wear what you want to wear, but yeah. there are still repercussions. And I said something in the video that sparked another outrage because I'm like, you know, I am raising girls who will eventually become women that I want to be able to choose their path without people looking at the them and the way they're dressed and perceiving them as sleeping their way to the top or, you know, not even somebody to take seriously for a place at the table because of how they choose to present themselves. I don't think that's out of bounds because um, like it or not, people will judge you. Mm-hmm. Whether you, it doesn't feel good or whatever, but that's just life. Yes, you have a right to dress like a hoochie or whatever you want to do, but people have a right to judge you for it too. I mean, people so you don't get to have it both buy, ways. People by by human nature are judgmental. And you can say right. I'm the most least judgmental person on the planet, which might be true, but that doesn't mean that you don't pass judgment. Like people are just judgmental. Like we just right. are. We have thoughts and opinions and judging doesn't necessarily always be in a negative thing like we have thoughts and opinions about you know what the smell in the air is like right. good bad or indifferent like we just do and so it doesn't mean that because you don't agree that means that means that you're inherently against it it just you just don't agree like i can right. not agree that you know that you drink black coffee but i don't hate you because you drink black coffee i just i don't like black coffee and i'm not going to drink it and i think it's gross like but right. I don't dislike you because of it. And I'm not putting you in a box. It just makes me wonder if there's that many parents out there that at 14 are just like, go be free. Like, do wear and say whatever you want. Like, because the number of people that kind of made those comments, I'm like, really? I mean, I, I will say that overwhelmingly, most of them are like, good for you for standing your ground. Because I was like... I made a comment about how I had to make her put her arms over her head, 
sit down and stand up Mm -hmm. and like jump to make sure she didn't jiggle out of this dress. Yeah. Like for 14, we shouldn't have to really do that. Um, for anybody like in high school, I think that I feel like when I was 14, I think I bought my like dresses from like if I didn't get them hand me down from my sister who's seven years older than me. Oh, so, so that they were real in style. That, tre- that yeah. trend or my mom handmade them. Yeah. Which is fantastic as well. They have some fun collars on them. Collars and lots of florals. Yes. Um, then I'm pretty sure they came from like Kohl's or JCPenney where it was like, was that lovely dragonfly print dress or mm-hmm. like solid one color, maybe like a flower sequin <laughs> like right. here. Like, yeah. I was, I mean, I wasn't, I just, I wasn't, there was no concern in my mind at 14 as to wearing a dress that was clearly cut for an adult. Right. Well, and at 14, I wasn't built like an adult. No. And I think there's something in the water. Like, I'm a big believer in that because these kids don't look like they're 14. No. So they already don't look like they're 14. They're already keeping up with the highlight reel of Instagram, of trying to be like the Kardashians or, you know, whatever influencer they're following. It seems like everybody's an influencer and it's like a blanket term for does nothing but take pictures. Um, So they're already trying to keep up with that. And then you put them into like situations and things that they're not like mentally mature enough to handle. I mean, one, like... A 14-year-old is not graceful when walking in a pair of heels no, or going from a sitting to standing position in a dress that is literally like three inches below their butt. Yeah, getting in and out of a vehicle. Yeah, grace is not a big um, part of their life at 14. Right. So I just thought it was really, really strange that that was the big homecoming drama But at the end of the day, she did go to the dance. I waited in the parking lot like a lurker to make sure she stayed at the dance and didn't just leave to go God knows where. So we survived our first homecoming dance. You made it. Yeah. I didn't even drink that night. (laughs) Fantastic. Good. Gold star. I know. (laughs) I was pretty proud of myself. But, you know, in the world of our influencers and all the social medias and one that you just taught me about earlier today that I don't even know what that is yet. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that, you know, has become very popular, especially during COVID, was, you know, was OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a lot of people that um, call themselves accountants. um, Yeah, I've seen that. Lots of accountants all of a sudden. Um, But they basically make all their money on OnlyFans and some people just use it as a side hustle and people use it as their main hustle. Mm-hmm. But there's a specific um, there's a specific agent that is getting some heat right now um, for having an OnlyFans. And it is coming out that um, they have an OnlyFans. Um, do you think that a side hustle of having an OnlyFans should affect your real estate business? Should or does? Should. Mm. Do- does is a whole nother thing. Um, I'm all for anybody's like right to choose if they want to show that side of their self or whatever. And to be clear, like OnlyFans is, 
it has a broad spectrum of content. Like not everybody is doing kind of the more risque stuff. Some are just taking bikini photos or whatever. But this particular instance was on TikTok. And I disagree with how the original poster, how things happened for her. Because, um, you know, she was with a brokerage that knew she had an OnlyFans. But then I guess the broker's wife got kind of insecure about it, pulled it up on a phone and passed her nude photos amongst other agents in the brokerage. Right. So, you know, she was pretty fired up about that and then being told that she needed to leave because she's got an OnlyFans. Um, And then the gist of the rest of this issue is a real estate broker who's got a really large following Um, she responded that she would also ask an agent to leave the brokerage if she found out that they had an OnlyFans because everybody's activity is a reflection on everybody in the brokerage, which I a million percent agree with. Agreed. Um, This industry, especially as a young woman, is really hard to get respect You know, and now there are so many agents coming in that it even makes it harder to stand out and get respect for being good at your job. So then to have somebody that is doing OnlyFans, and this could be male or female, Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't, I couldn't care less if it was one of my male agents or a female, but I never want people to question when they come to Black Label what we're selling. Right. And if you've got a couple that you're working with and either half of that couple is uncomfortable because you're also doing this and they have to wonder if you're also doing that because you do this. Yes. Like that's not something that I ever would want in the company. I mean, again, I respect your decision to do that. I think that, you know, for some people it, I guess, can be a fulfilling path to income. What I would say to those people is save your money from it and invest in real estate so that, you know, when things head south, literally and figuratively, you know, you've got a nest egg. But I think that it's not a situation where you can do a, let's just say, hardcore OnlyFans And have your cake and eat it too. Right. Like there are going to be repercussions professionally. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. You know, if you're, and I actually talked to a friend of mine on the way here today because I wanted to kind of get someone else's take on it too. And he is in the medical field. And I asked him, I said, what if you were hiring a doctor or somebody in your admin team? And you found out that they also actively had an OnlyFans account. And his response was, well, you know, it wouldn't be a problem for him until it became a problem at the office. Right. And I think that's, you know, a Turning little. Turning the blind eye. Yeah. And I think that's a very dude kind of thing to do because I think in medical also it's it's a different Consumers are driven to you for different reasons than in real estate. Whereas real estate, if you're young, male or female, or I think just a younger female, it's harder to gain relevance. I agree. 
So, you know, you don't get to choose like what people are going to judge you on. People judge me all the time for, you know, resting bitch face or because I'm too extra. I've heard that a million times. So you're always going to get judged on something. But I don't want my entire team judged on that to where like, well, is it real estate brokerages or at a whorehouse or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think that that is the issue. Well, and I think there's a safety aspect of it too. Big time. You don't know. There's a lot of safety things with real estate agents that a lot of people don't realize. Like, I mean, there has been, um, even like up until recently, there was another guy that just got caught because we get calls all day long Mm -hmm. and he was stalking and harassing female agents and it was all sexual based. And that's what the previous guy was doing. And I was on a documentary for that guy um, who actually his DNA was linked to two murders that he had done, you know, 10 years prior. And then this guy just got caught last week and he was doing the same thing. He has a gnarly past. I don't believe that murder is part of it, but like he has a gnarly past where this is a repetitive behavior. And so you just think like you don't know always. I mean, we try and do our due diligence. I always tell my agents, you need to look people up. You need to find them on social media. You need to look up their phone numbers. You need to try and find out a little bit about this person. And I need to know where you are and where you're showing. Because mm-hmm. if something were to happen, at least we can start tracing that. And things like Forewarn and Life360 are really good like applications for that. But, but you so few agents or brokerages know they exist. Correct. And I just feel like if you have that following on something like OnlyFans, you're only setting yourself up for another dangerous avenue. And, you know, what if it's someone that, you know, you gained from your OnlyFans and they want to buy a house and or they say they do and you got sick that day and you send somebody else Mm -hmm. and that somebody else gets hurt. I mean, granted, there's probably a fair amount of people on OnlyFans that don't have that, you know, background. But I just feel like it is a safety concern as well because you don't know the types of people that are starting to follow you. I don't know how OnlyFans work. I don't know if it's like you know who your followers are. I don't know how that all works. But I do feel like it is just another avenue that could be very potentially very dangerous for agents. And I just feel like you know, safety first, fun second, right? I mean, I would much rather go find like free printables and put them on Etsy and have people do Insta downloads than Insta downloads of my feet. Like I just, Yeah, I mean, I think feet are probably the least of the concern, um, you know, but I think that people just in general seem to have gotten creepier in the last... I mean, I've been, this is my 20th year. So in 20 years, people have definitely, and I feel it and see it when I interact with people, they're just creepy, some people. And I don't know that they all mean to be, but like with the internet also comes an extreme amount of access to look up every detail about you. So, you know, even if you're using a different screen name or you think you've done all you can to hide things. There are people that can figure out where you live, everything. And Mm -hmm. real estate is like the only profession that I can really think of where somebody can make a call randomly, say, yeah, I'd like to sell my house. And I would say a good seven out of 10 agents will not even run their name through Google. Yeah. 
They will do zero due diligence to see if this person is legit, to see if if the tax records, (laughs) you know, match up, to see if there's a criminal record involved, to see anything, like any due diligence at all. Mm -hmm. So we're like one of the only industries that will then just go directly into someone's home. Like, you don't even have to kidnap a realtor. We just come to you. Yeah. Like, so if somebody is seeing you from like an OnlyFans or one of those platforms and becomes obsessed as people do because, you know, from what I've gathered and I have had clients who have made their living this way. So we've, you know, discussed kind of what they do and their whole thing. Part of OnlyFans is, I guess, the private shows or messages or whatever between the content creator and the person. So, you know, you've got a ton of subscribers, but then you've got like different layers of subscribers who get like personal interaction. Well, there's a lot of creepy people out there who think that any personal attention now means you're like together or, you know, they don't have that ability to, to divide that line. Right. So you're like inviting these people in because now your face is over here. And then you're also marketing like hey use me as your realtor yeah and they think you're speaking to them yeah so like you're just inviting it on both ends and it's I think it's going to be a problem in the next like 10-15 years anyway because there are just some businesses of all kinds that aren't going to want that correlation correct and so yes I agree that that's your right to do it but what's next like you don't get to say, well, you can't use that against me in 10 years because people will. Yeah. So if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But it's again, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you need to have an answer for that. Yeah. And And I I just think that it's one of those things where it's like people compared it to, and it's so vastly different. Like when people found teachers on Facebook, like they are students and they found Mm -hmm. teachers on Facebook. Or, you know, the principal found them on Facebook and they were, you know, like partying it up on the weekend and they posted pictures of that. I'm like, that is so vastly different to me than posting on a website that is inherently sexually based. Right. And and expecting people not to think, even if they haven't subscribed or been a part of your OnlyFans knowing that you might have one because people on TikTok say that they're accountants or they have or will say they have OnlyFans but then their TikTok name is like something you know TX Realtor or something like that where it's like you know it could be someone that isn't your subscriber but feels like oh well you know I can get this person to a house and maybe I can you know mm-hmm. you know I can have that interaction with them and they'll you know the whole like sugar daddy sugar baby whatever it is and you have made it known that like you're okay with this sexual encounter you're okay with this sexual side to a certain point everybody has i guess some sort of boundary But it's just one of those things where it's like you should always be thinking of the outside Mm -hmm. realm of that, too. You know, just it's just one of those things where you have to be very careful. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like, I wouldn't because I was thinking about it, too. Like if an agent came to me and they said, you know, I used to have 
an OnlyFans. This is how I used to make money, but now I'm 100% dedicated. I no longer do that. That I feel like would be different because I can respect anybody who hustled through a hard time. Look, COVID yeah. was awful to a lot of freaking people that could not get out and work. And kudos to you. You made money where you needed to. And, you know, I'm not going to hate on anybody for that. I just don't think that, you know, it's where I want my brand to be known. It's not the no. space for that. And I work really, really hard on maintaining a brand that everybody in my company can identify with and be proud of. And that is a reflection of how they want to be viewed in our community. Right. And so I would never bring somebody in that my other agents would be like, oh gosh. And I have you know, I've faced this before where I have let go of an agent who was leading a little too much with sexuality, which, you know, I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that sex sells. I'm sure I've flirted my way into deals before. I know I have. Um, and that's that's a different line. But when you're taking pictures in like bras in front of our company logo and saying this is how you go to work, like, that's not what yeah. we're selling. Yeah. So, and I got a ton of hate for that because, of course, she went all over town saying that I was body shaming her, which wasn't it. Like, that's not it at all. It's just yeah. every place you work has a certain dress code. Has a standard. So why is this any different? Like, yeah. if you go to Best Buy, you wear a uniform. If you go work at an insurance company, they expect you to have a whole top on. Yeah. Right. Like it's and I think that like shows like Selling Sunset and all of these crazy real estate shows where they like show up in Lambos and she's wearing like a microscopic skirt and eight inch heels and <laughs> all these things have set this like expectation that that's really OK. Right. And it might be in like California, that might just be the way they roll. But I can tell you in like Texas. I would laugh my ass off if somebody was actually dressing like that and really working because you get called to a ranch property or yeah. walk an acreage property for somebody wanting to build and you're in stilettos. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to take you serious. Yeah, I don't care what color the bottoms of them are. Like nobody takes that serious. And it's the same thing. Like I've had male agents who I guess have watched a little too much Josh Altman and they come up and, you know, they stand there adjusting their cufflinks when they talk to me. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's just not real life. It's not real industry here. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of Texas is pretty laid back and lots of like, you know, comfortable. Like people want to yeah. feel and dress comfortably, especially when it's hot. Like, well, in Texas, it's a lot of space. Mm -hmm. So our properties tend to be a little bit bigger than, you know, East Coast or West Coast properties. A lot of times you're walking on uneven ground, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. It's not like you're just walking into a high rise condo and punching the 30th floor and there you are. Yeah. You know, it's a different thing. But I think that the shows that are out right now, a lot of them are so unrealistic about what a day in the life of yeah. looks like that some of these young ones getting in have seen so much of that. Like Selling Sunset, I think, is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen because it is like a soap opera instead of like a day in the life. Yeah. Um, 
But I think that they try to emulate that and they're like coming in as influencers wanting to look like they're doing the thing, but never doing the thing. Yeah. So I I, I think that I think in any profession, I think it's just important to like know that professionalism as a whole, that definition really hasn't changed. Like you dress a certain way, you Mm -hmm. speak a certain way, you act a certain way, you know, I'm, there's just, there's nothing about me that thinks, man, you know what? I really feel like walking into my office in a bikini top and my like cover, like my bathing suit cover is a great idea. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a stuffy personality, but I do think that there is a level of professionalism, like, you know, especially when you're in front of people like that you need to uphold. And, right. And I'm not body shaming anybody. I'm not telling anybody don't wear what you don't want to, what you want to wear and things like that. But it might just not be something that fits my company, my brand, my team. You can't expect everybody else to go with it just because it's what you want to do. Yeah. And And I, and I'm, you know, and I'm okay. Like, and I'm okay with that. And it's not that I don't like you as a person. It's just you have – it has to melt. It has to fit. Right. And I think that's that's a big part of it is it has to be something that, you know, I expect my – you know, even my male agents, I expect them to be clean and mm-hmm. not, you know, don't come in with if you've worked on a car for eight hours to then go show a property with grease all over your shirt and hands. Like – Go wash up, have a change of shirt, right. like do something to kind of like reset. Like now you were in that bucket fixing a car. Now you're in this bucket. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I just think that part of that is 100% true. Like if I'm staging a property and working on getting a property ready, I'm wearing a t-shirt and Absolutely. comfortable pants and I'm in sneakers. And then unless it's a client that I know is also going to be matching what I'm wearing, I'm going to have a change of clothes so I can look professional. Like, right. sure, there's a fair amount of my clients that I can show up in jeans and a T-shirt and Absolutely. it'd be totally fine. Absolutely, But, but I think jeans and a T-shirt are also a different line yes. than like, you know, sneeze and you're going to have a full-on wardrobe malfunction. Right. I think, you know, and I remember before I became a broker taking a class and it was, again, candy. Um, and she's like, you know, when you're doing your policies and procedures, you really need to put in dress code because as much as you think it's common sense that people understand how to dress in a workplace, they don't. And I think that that's accurate. I mean, like, but it isn't even just risque clothing, but I mean, you're in a workplace and you're wearing something heavily political. Yes. You just alienated half of your clientele, your potential clientele, you know, and I agree that you should be able to hold whatever beliefs and vote for whoever you want and all of that. But you also have to understand that with any of these decisions, there's always going to be consequences. And it's like I tell my kids. It's not just your client base, right? right. So it's like. It's mine. It's a reflection of me and And everybody in the the company. It's the other agent. So what if, you know, someone walks in and they have a very like one-sided political view and then the a client that's in the office that this other agent is working with has the opposite political view. The assumption is, is that's one and one. Mm-hmm. And they could lose that client because of something you wore. Right. And it's things that have like obscene words on it and mm-hmm. things like that. Like 
you know, I just, I can't hang with, with that currently, you know, it's just, I don't, I'm all about the graphic tees and the old lead, you know, like old band t-shirts and stuff like that. I think Mm -hmm. those are super cool and that's fine. But if it's going to have something like that's got a bunch of curse words on it. Right. I may drop the F-bomb like it's hot, but I don't want you to be wearing it right. on your chest as like a big billboard well, for this is who you are. and the thing too is just generally being more aware of what you're putting online. Yes. Whether it's OnlyFans, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. Like, And I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, you can't mess up in the same ways I did. Like, I was a horrible teenager. Like- If you talk to my mom, she's probably still got PTSD from my teenage (laughs) years. But I was free to F up and forget about it. It wasn't on camera. It wasn't there to haunt me forever. And these, you know, kids that I see that are like 19 years old and already doing things like OnlyFans, the internet is forever. And Mm -hmm. if you think somebody can't find that, they will, and we've they proven will. that. And, and we've proven and that time so after time. Just make sure that these decisions are something you're going to be okay living with forever. And as an employer, I can also tell you whether it's my actual W two employees or my agents, the first things I do when somebody calls me to set up an interview is I deep dive through social media and I deep dive Google and everything else and see what I can dig up on this person because. Yeah, I'm inviting them to kind of ride on the back of something that I've busted my ass to build. Yeah. So I'm not going to be taken down by one person's political views or naked photos and lose my um, reputation Right. over that. I mean, right. I would rather nip it in the bud and be like, I'm sure you're a lovely gal but or gentleman, but you're just not a fit because right. we don't do those things. If you right. want to give it up, cool. But, you know, it's just not a fit. Yeah. And but I that think that could be with anything, not just OnlyFans. Right. And I just and I think that's the I think that's kind of like the moral of the whole thing is like be very aware of how you're perceived. And, you know, perception is key and perception is a lot of people's reality. It is. And so with all of the social media that we have nowadays and all of the push to like Especially like be on video and be on TikTok, be on Reels, be on mm-hmm. YouTube Shorts, be on this, be on that. Like, like document your life every day. People want to know what you're doing. What are you eating? What are you like? Where are you at? Like all of the things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just be aware of how people are perceiving you and be aware that that might not be a fit for your professional life um, in the long run. And right. and I think you know just you can't come back on a company in my opinion for saying culturally you're not a fit because you chose to do x y or z right and i'm not just talking about only fans that could be anything that Absolutely. could be you could be arguing with people constantly about politics on facebook right whatever it is like i stay away from those people too if i yeah. deep dive you and you're constantly having fights over every hot button topic right i'm out like i i, I just i'm out We need the focus to be real estate or whatever it is I'm selling or whatever it is I'm doing, not that. I mean, yeah. and the thing is with real estate is oftentimes it will be other agents that are the fastest to rat you out and ruin you over these things. 
because so many agents have that kind of scarcity mindset where they need to take you down so they can win. Right. And so they're like looking for something. So you're just creating more things. Yeah. You're giving them ammo. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't think people understand that. And I don't think that some of our younger generations are really thinking in those terms. Um, and I think that's sad because they, I mean, they don't know a world any other way. Yeah. Than like just posting everything there is possible about everything they do. But it's it's going to be interesting in the next 20 years when some of these people want to be doctors or yeah, the lawyers the or judges. I mean, yep. what is our Congress going to look like in 50 years? Am I dead then? I mean, could be. Let's Can you imagine? No. What our U.S. government will look like no. with, I mean, I we're considered millennials, like yeah. really old ones, yeah. but- like the oldest of the old what millennials. Zenials is technically yeah, yeah, what we are. Whatever we are. But like I think about that and I'm like, all these people talking constantly about their feelings and needing safe spaces and like all this stuff. I'm like, who the hell's gonna run our country? Like Yeah. It's it, it's, it just It's a fast it's a fascinating thing. And just all our whole lives have become so public and in some respects, that's it's a good thing because there are some things that have that used to get brushed under the rug that are no longer brushed under the rug. Like Absolutely. you know the like you know a lot of the female movements that have happened and a lot of the you know sexual assault that happened that has happened in mm-hmm. Hollywood is now coming to light and things like that. And so you know these are now documented things like that people can see like the rea- like the reality is now coming out. But I think that. It's just going to be even in 10 years, like our whole world is going to be so different and it's going to be interesting because we talked about, you know, influencers versus like the old guard work. Mm-hmm. If we don't s- sort of stay on path, we're going to be the old guard. Oh, absolutely. I already feel old. It's just so, it's so interesting. Like my kids make fun of me when I have to print stuff out at home. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's, a reality of our job. Yeah, I mean. It, Paper exists. <laughs> well, it, yeah. And I can take it with me easier. And, you know, the service isn't always good everywhere. I'm like, quit hating on me. I pay your bills. Yeah. Just zip it. But I do think that it's, it's going to be very real conversations for a lot of people in a lot of ways. And when they start that kind of stuff, they need to figure out how, what their real passion is down the road that can I still do what it is I'm really passionate about if I also do this? Is it going to affect my marketability as an employee or whatever? And, you know, it just, is it fair? No. Lots of things in this life are not fair and they still happen. So suck it up and quit using the excuse of that's not fair to say that. Yeah. Life is never going to be fair. Never was, never will be. Yeah. You know, like my kids say that to me and I'm like instant bitch face and then they just shut up. Yeah. Because it's just not the real world. Well, it's like, I don't think that you deserve a participation trophy for just being here in life. Like you need to still work for things. We still need to work for a living. We still need to work to go on vacation and to be that person. So I think 
what it comes down to is like we can't just be offended all the time like without creating legit action so I mean I don't just I don't and I don't want a participation trophy for simply existing yeah. like good job you breathe today yeah like you're I'm doing want, great sweetie yeah like <laughs> yes like I want to like I want someone to just like every day if I can have someone being said says wow like about something I've done that day like that's what's going to make me like it's the drive to the next day and the mm-hmm. drive to the next day and it doesn't have to be something big like you know like it could just be something my kids legit came home and just were like you know I taught my kids this whole song about the continents and the oceans and mm-hmm. and they were like wow mommy that was so helpful great that's all I needed today mm-hmm. like but it's just one of those things where we should not live in a world where we just feel like existing is a is like the okay way to go through life because you wouldn't be able to exist if there wasn't a lot of suffering and work before you. Yeah, it's the work <laughs> part that I think that a lot of people are missing right now. Um, that that yeah, it's great to be financially stable, but it takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and like planning and strategy to get there. It mm-hmm. didn't just happen that like. I woke up one day and I was known as being a luxury agent in my market and everything's peachy and I just have money. Yeah. Like I get up and I work my ass off Yeah, every day and I've made choices along the way to forego doing certain things or to do certain things extra because strategically they fit my goals. Right. And I think that that's the bigger thing is I don't, I feel like there's so much emphasis now and- Again, my oldest is now in high school, so they're having the college talks. And I'm just like, you're preparing them and preparing them and preparing them for a college that may not align with what they actually need. Like, you're you're wanting to teach them to go work for someone else when now, I mean, kids, they have the best opportunity to learn anything mm-hmm. like it drives me nuts when my kids start a sentence I don't know how to google it like if I want to learn you know coding right now and I'm willing to sit out. there and dedicate myself to learning it I can learn it like you have everything at your fingertips don't tell me I don't know how to if you don't know how to it's because you don't care enough to learn yeah so you know I just think that I wish that schools and different Entities would teach our kids about strategically thinking about their future. Yes. And, okay, so you want to go to college because you want to be an attorney. Perfect. You have to have a degree for that. But you, you know, being groomed for college when what they actually are passionate about is something they could actually be taking steps to now that doesn't necessarily need a college degree. I mean, I know kids that are making tons of money just on Fiverr and they're in high school. Yeah. So why are we not encouraging things like that that can strategically yeah. play into building a future for kids and yeah. investing and having the money conversations instead of let's just send you to this overpriced college where you're not really going to have a set career path, but we'll have, you know, 100000 of your parents' money. Yeah. I mean, so you of- can go work at Starbucks or have student loans that then have to be forgiven or, you know complained about for 30 years yeah I mean one of my cousins 
I want to be him when I grow up. And he's like way younger than me. And when he started off, he started off like every boy did. Like he mowed lawns. Mm -hmm. But he never spent that money. He pocketed and pocketed and pocketed. And I swear he could have written the book on compound interest. Mm -hmm. I mean, he saved every penny, every penny. I think he bought, at one point, bought a full drum set, like a full drum set from his money. And then he bought his first house, I'm pretty sure when he was 19, maybe 20, Mm -hmm. and then flipped that house rented part of that house, paid for his mortgage, bought another house, made an app that got sold. Mm -hmm. And also his science fair project was like picked up by like SpaceX or NASA or something. And I was just like, I want to be you when I grow up. And I mean, he is vastly brilliant. And all he ever did was just look stuff up Mm -hmm. and he just learned how to do stuff. And his parents are very bright. And, but I've said that for many years. Like, I want to be him when I grow up because right. he did it right. He he, he like, didn't have to eat ramen noodles for every meal for no, like a solid like, month. Straight. No, he invested in himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people forget to do. He invested. He believed in him. And he was humble about it. And he hustled. And he's made, you know, he's made a great life for himself. And he has set his future up to be very bright. And so... I mean, I look but at... he was strategic. Very like, strategic. And that's the thing I don't think they teach kids is strategy. Yeah. And like how one decision plays into the next decision or can completely derail that decision. Right. You know, and that goes back to the OnlyFans thing. It's just, you know, it sounds like a really great way with something you're money. already given um, to make yeah. money. But, you know, I I hear all these accountants... On TikTok talking about how they're, you know, 30 and um, going to retire. And I'm like, there are professional athletes who make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. And when they go into retirement, they're bankrupt in five to 10 years Mm -hmm. or they've spent it in stupid ways. So what makes you think that without some other kind of strategic thinking, you're really going to retire off of that at 30. Yeah. I mean, unless you're only planning to live till 40. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll just keep it out of our brokerage. And then yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Exactly. And then if my kids, I really am hoping they don't go that route um, as a mother. But if after they're 18, that's the route they want to go. There's nothing I can do about that. And Yeah. It's a taboo topic, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of um, interesting feedback about it, um, if I had to guess, um, yeah. just because, you know, people are either being very go, for very, it or you're against. the devil for being against it. Right. So I would just say I'm not shaming anybody. I think that you want to do you yeah, do you, boo-boo. Absolutely. But I, you know, I just, I don't, it's not something I would want associated with my business. No. And um, that's, that's more the moral of this story. Like, yeah, just understand if you choose to do it. You do you, but don't expect other people to not have feelings about it or not want it around what they've built. Right. So, I mean, we'll see what interesting comments we get on our social media. Um, I'm excited. So feel free Always to- Always love being a fire starter. 
<laughs> so uh, make sure to uh, follow, like, share, comment, send us a message, yeah. and we would love to feature All the your comments questions. Would be. Yeah, we would love to feature you guys on our next uh, podcast. <laughs>